Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, joining us tonight. Off-grid Angie. And classic. The first thing I want to talk about tonight is this article from Scientific American. The headline reads, Supercomputer will help decide whether to block the sun. It's got to flip a coin. This doesn't sound ominous at all. Mm. Who, right. built, who built the supercomputer? Who, built, who will build the supercomputer? Who built the moon? <laughs> I, so, I mean, just the headline itself evokes all sorts of, like, fear-mongering, you know, stuff that folks have seen on science fiction television and movies. Over, who needs the sun? Over, yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's not that important. Get a spray tan. <laughs> Come on. It's only responsible for, well, just about everything. <laughs> As far as life is concerned on the planet. <laughs> and it seems to me like if it really is a supercomputer, its decision is to be like, no, we, we don't need to block the sun because it's responsible for everything. Photosynthesis, vitamin D in humans, right? You know, uh, your crops growing or not growing. I find myself wanting to look up online right now whether or not the sun is required to construct a supercomputer. Oh. <laughs> If it's built at a solar, <laughs> solar powered, uh... do you have a magic rectangle? <laughs> I do. Yeah, feel free. Yeah. Um, the article says, <laughs> actually, this is just the subheading now. So the the headline: supercomputer will help decide. Help decide. Help. So what is? How many votes does it get? Right, it's the tying vote. Is there like? Yeah, is there like six people and they're you know right. at, at a standstill? They need a tiebreaker. They're gonna <laughs> go to the let super- the supercomputer. Let's have go to a the vote? supercomputer. A new supercomputer, this is the subheading, a new supercomputer is helping climate scientists determine whether injecting human-made sun-blocking aerosols into the stratosphere would also alter thunderstorms and rainfall. Doesn't this sound like chemtrails? Human-made? What are human? Wait, repeat that again. A human-made? A new supercomputer, we got that, is helping climate scientists, okay, this group of people, determine whether... Injecting human-made sun-blocking aerosols into the stratosphere would also alter thunderstorms and rainfall. Now, chemtrails have been around as an idea, particularly amongst, uh, in theory, conspiracy theorists. Right. Fifty right? Shades of Spray. It's always Fifty Shades of Spray. Very nice. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and everybody's been like, no, they don't do that. That's totally not what it is. Uh, isn't that, isn't this what that is? Yeah, it's, it's stratospheric <laughs> it, aerosol injections. Yeah. That, that subtitle leads me to believe that it's almost implying that they've already been spraying some kind of like naturally occurring mineral or metal substance. And now this is somehow. Right now they've, they figured out, oh, we can't, we can't, synthetic. we can't get enough of the, of the natural stuff. We'll just synthesize something. Human right? made. Yeah. Human made. It made in a lab. Like, are they know. are they making it out of humans? Soil and green are chemtrails. Because, like, depending <laughs> on the context here, you could misconstrue this to to mean human made, like made out of humans. Like, right. They could liquefy people, put them into the aerosol injection, and spray humans. Oh. <laughs> All right. So let's figure it out. Um, a new supercomputer for climate research will help scientists study the effects of solar geoengineering. A controversial idea for cooling the planet by redirecting the sun's rays. Okay, first of all, humans don't need to be doing this, right? Uh, Unless you don't gonna, want humans, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna mess with nature. That's not the word I wanted to use, but we're on the radio. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna mess with nature, and uh, you're, yeah, that's what's what will happen is humans will screw it up. And the real danger is, you know, extinguishing ourselves. Right. Right. The the earth will be fine if we extinguish ourselves. It'll keep going and, you know, life will keep going on and all that kind of thing. But if we extinguish ourselves, well, then we won't be around. Well, everything is being blamed on climate change now. Uh, Every Like oh ev- Canadian wildfires, uh, Maui's on fire, climate change. I'm so and then tired of climate change. It's just... It's not... The boy who cried wolf. It's and, like, come and, on, and really? It, they, they like changed their name, too. It used to be, what was it before? Global warming. Global warming. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, the earth and has the been around. the ozone was going to go away. The, oh, yeah. I remember the ozone. <laughs> the ozone right? hole. The, the bozone. Right, right. right. 
Um, yeah, it was like a bald spot in the yeah, atmosphere. Right, right, right. Did, that did that closed ever, up. Did, yeah. yeah. Um, like none of the none of the fear mongering has come true. None of the things they were afraid of, right? right? Like, oh, in ten years, if we don't take care of this, we won't have an atmosphere. Well, it's been way more than right. ten years. I think Al Gore said that we've still and got then an the atmosphere. Clock is long past his prediction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm so tired of of all of that. My personal belief is that we're all born with like the innate knowledge of right and wrong, and yeah. that applies to nature and and these types of topics, and it's. It's just taught out of us and socialized out of us, some of us. Oh, for certain, particularly yeah. in yeah. the public schools. Scientized out of us. Is that a word? I might have just said Yeah, it. propagandized, <laughs> I think. Yeah, there or, you go. It, I, what's the indoctrinated? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's indoctrinated yeah. out of us, I think. Um, and this is what kids learn in public schools, right? They, they mm-hmm. learn, they don't learn, they, they don't get educated, they get schooled. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want your children to be educated, don't put them in public schools. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on the topic of this, uh, the machine is named Derecho, Derecho, D-E-R-E-C-H-O. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. It began operating this month at the National Center for Atmospheric Research and will allow scientists to run more detailed, to run more detailed weather models for research on solar geoengineering said Kristen Rasmussen, a climate scientist at Colorado State. <laughs> climate scientist in air quotes. <laughs> uh, she's studying how human-made aerosols, which can be used to deflect sunlight, could affect rainfall patterns. I thought this was all, like, debunked, right? Oh, they're not doing that? They're not, well, uh, they're well, not researching that, this? That's what I'm thinking here is, like, we already know this stuff has been around forever, so is this another case this year of we're going to start dropping it in mainstream, we're going to start dropping it into the news, and, like, why? I, I know that every time I see chemtrails, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not uh, I'm not saying climate change or anything. I'm just uh, making an observation in New Hampshire. This has been a wet summer. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. If if anything is thirsty in New Hampshire, they're not trying. Right. <laughs> uh, because Dureco is three and a half times faster than the previous NCAR supercomputer, her team can run more detailed models to show how regional changes to rainfall can be caused by the release of aerosols, adding to scientists' understanding of the risks from solar geoengineering, Rasmussen said. The machine will also be used to study other issues related to climate change. Now, now, weren't aerosols the problem that caused the ozone to be depleted? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was We're all like, the, we have to ban yes. aerosols because it was, it's depleting the ozone. Yeah, it was, like, yes. we need aerosols. It was all the ladies and the glam metal <laughs> bands <laughs> from the eighties <laughs> using Aquanet. I, right. I was just gonna say that it was. They guilted all of the girls. We were all making the perfect wave up front with the Aquanet. The big front. And then poof. all of a sudden, you were like, "Oh my god! Like I can't use That's Aquanet bad. because." for the ozone yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah then 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 like the bangs there. came back and like the 70s feathered hair came right. back oh, and yeah. then nirvana yeah. put it into the whole glam metal thing <laughs> well <laughs> hopefully i i actually attribute uh thrash metal for doing that oh okay because uh you know in a time where everybody was like super over decorated which was glam metal, pop music at the time. Right. Think of like early, early, early Madonna, where you had like 3,000 bracelets on right, both arms, 17 there. earrings, yeah. you know, in each ear, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And and like glam metal took that to an extreme where like dudes were poofing up their hair and dressing in all these like, you know, all these Women's lace clothes. and, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff, fishnets and all that kind of stuff, just way over decorated, yeah. right? Thrash metal comes along and they're wearing like a, a white t-shirt and jeans. Right. You know, shorts and look at, looking more like fans that would attend a concert than people putting on a concert. And right. so that drew me to them because I'm like, oh, the, this is real. This isn't this isn't fake. There used to be a term that uh, was thrown around uh, by the thrash metal bands and even punk rockers called posers. Oh, yeah. Those guys are posers, right? Posers. Glam rock posers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because like yeah. they're about the image, not about the substance of the music and the, you right. know, the, the lyrics and, and all that kind of stuff. And all of the uh, the popular music was it was love songs. It was crappy love songs, right? In one way or another, <laughs> either it's you know, hey, I'm happy because I'm in love, or no, I'm depressed and angry because like we broke up yeah, or whatever, you know, not no longer in love, or somebody I know broke up with somebody <laughs> else, and I'm in the middle of it, or whatever. <laughs> this was the lyrical, you know, subject matter largely of popular music back in the day. 
And so thrash metal comes along and, and they're singing about nuclear holocausts <laughs> and, you know, whatever's going on right. in the world. And like, you know, news topics, peace sells, but who's buying, right? right. And all that kind of stuff. Uh, the video for peace sells and who's buying has a, has a bit in it where like sort of midway through the song, uh, they show like a kid sitting in front of the TV and he's watching the news, right? Or, or uh, it's actually the video. So it's a meta kind of a thing. The kid's sitting in front of him. And like the dad comes in, the music drops, and he's like, hey, I got to change the channel. It's time for the news. And he turns around and he goes, but dad, this is the news. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that was like, you know, amongst the people listening to Thrash Metal, they were like, that's Hell the message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That's great. That's really what's going on. And so, mm-hmm. you know, pre internet. You know, we didn't have the ability to research things. We didn't have independent media. We didn't have people looking into things that you could get a different opinion, right? And so to an extent, that little bit, even though it was designed to be tongue-in-cheek, was true. Like, people were getting their news from alternative music. We want to be free. We desire to be free. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm an (laughs) eleutheromaniac. Y'all and y'all. Yeah. Are, are y'all a Luther maniacs or, or y'all, are y'all, 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 <laughs> my favorite Southernism. Y'all or y'all, y'all. Are, are y'all going or are all y'all going? <laughs> That's great. It's a subset yeah. of, of. If anyone uses that y'all. phrase, call us up and let's, I, let's run that by us. I did a, a little Span of work, uh, probably a decade ago in Texas, kind of around the South, and yeah. uh, it is amazing. I think within two weeks, I picked that up, and I brought it home oh. with me. Oh yeah, <laughs> all in, uh, y'all and all oh, y'all. Yeah. It's yeah, it's catchy. Yeah. The only I, I remember from Texas is uh, yeah, buddy, yeah, mm-hmm. buddy, yeah, buddy, or tell you what, uh, just preface, you preface the sentence what. with tell you what. I remember uh, <laughs> when I was in the South, uh, uh, people who who would. Uh, you know, like if their kids were getting out of hand, like they're something. Now, boy, you know, everything was boy, boy. Yeah, like, I'm like, wow, is this is it Foghorn Leghorn? What's going on, man? Um, I spent a lot of time in the Panhandle uh, around Panama City, Florida, Pensacola sort yeah. of area in between there, yeah. or Southern Alabama, as I like oh, to call yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I picked it up too, real uh, quick. Yeah, I, I ended up working on a commercial fishing boat, and uh, I was down in uh, Campeche Bay. It was Christmas. Right. So it's, you know, 88 degrees and sunny. I'm out right. on the, the deck of the fishing boat, uh, you know, on the radio doing a ship to shore call collect to my parents. <laughs> They're paying for it. They weren't happy about the, about the phone bill when they got it. But uh, like, who are you? They didn't recognize my voice because I was <laughs> like, hey, I, you know, I was talking like this. Right? They're like, are you sure you're you? Like, tell us, tell us something only you would know. Yeah. <laughs> That's something you got to have with the new uh, chat bots and whatnot that, that can mimic your voice. Right. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I did just you know, hear about that. It'll, it'll knock off your voice, yep. and then it'll call you and like, oh, my God, it sounds like my son. Yeah. There's so, a, can you give me your credit card number? Okay. I was mentioning this on one of the two shows yesterday. I think it was Beard Talk Live, that there are already services. This is straight out of an episode of Black Mirror, if you haven't right. seen that series. Uh, I highly recommend stuff. it. Yeah, it's, crazy, it's, crazy. it's an amazing series. But- um, uh, in that series, they have uh, a story where a uh, dude goes out, you know, him and his wife, you know, they're out, he goes out, he gets into a car accident and dies. And so she's left at the house all alone or whatever. And uh, she gets an email uh, from the dead husband's email address, right? Hey, it's me, right? Kind of thing. It's super creepy. And uh, it goes on and like... Uh, It says, hey, give me access to, like, all of the social media and, like, any voicemails you have, any recordings you have, and, you know, uh, you know, I'll accurately mimic, you know, your husband, right? And so she's like, sure, somehow, right, because she's all messed up in the head about him being dead or whatever, and she gives it access, and it it accurately gives a voice, just like you're talking about, of, of the dead guy. Now, that the episode carries it further. I won't spoil it for you, but this service already exists, right? right? You can do exactly that. You can employ a service. You can hand over all of the voice messages, any recorded voice recordings you have of your dead significant other or dead family member. Uh, you can give them access to like their social media, their Facebook, their Twitter, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it will attempt to mimic that for you. You mean the supercomputer will do this when it's not doing the climate change stuff? I like I'm Maybe. I'm waiting for that service that I'm talking about, the the mimicking the dead person to uh get together with AI. 
Yeah, right. Right. Because right. yeah. then it'll, and then like, you know, and these are the, the beginnings of uh, human consciousness living in the cloud. Right. right. Well, I mean, you could have I a think- chat bot girlfriend and just tell everything. Well, I mean, who who is that person? You know, what spy agency are you telling all your secrets to? Oh, yeah. Crazy. I read something about that recently, and it was it was part of an article, like a, I don't know if it was like Psychology Today or something. I don't know why I would have been looking at that. But, um, but they were, basically, they were saying that it'll help people cope with their losses because they can carry on that. And I'm like, that's... That will help us to have literally no coping skills left, right. which we're already right. dangerously close to. Yeah. Right, because uh, part of coping is uh, or getting over the loss of, of a loved one is the absence of them. Right. right. If their presence is still around, albeit in just a digital form you know, of some sort of mimicked ghost, then that is not helping you. Right. It's actually prolonging your blues, right? Right, you're, because you're, you're grieving something completely different. You're not actually grieving crazy like that, that specific loss right. that it's, you Right, it's an unnatural yes. occurrence. Again, with the unnatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you have to have a safe word whenever someone calls you. Unscreened caller, what's your name, please? Hi, my name's Denise. Hi, Denise, you are live on the air on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Um, well, I wanted to, I wanted to see what y'all's take was on the pipeline in Africa that's supposed to be supplying Europe, and um, the fact that our military is um, dropping, you know, military equipment on the borders of Niger, and the people there want us out of there. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know your your phone it. dropped off just at the beginning of that. You said you wanted to know our opinion on a something. What was the first part? Uh, on on the pipeline. The like pipeline. The, the, the pipeline that's now going to maybe be shut down that's supposed to be running through Niger to supply Europe with energy. Um, well, you, yeah, why would they want a pipeline to for energy for Europe? Right. They're trying to freeze everyone out. Right, it's bad right. for the bad and for the environment. Global warming. You can't have pipelines. Shut down the pipelines. That's that's my take. Global, and if it's and if it's going through and if it's going point. somewhere somewhere <laughs> in Africa, they probably you know they'll be able to get it through if they uh, you know adopt a CBDC for their country. Then we can get the pipelines. Right, through. but they but they um are, they're pushing all the troops out. They don't want us there. They don't want France there. Huh. They've actually signed up with the the Wagner group. For security, the Wagner um, Group. With, Where yeah. did we hear that term before Ukraine? Right. right. Well, I mean, <laughs> private security force. Russia, yeah. For Russia, yeah, but uh. that's that's what I mean. Is most of the country, uh, most of Africa now is, um, you know, basically partnering up with the Wagner Group for you know their military now, and they don't want us there. They don't want anybody there, and they're. Um, warning their people of blackouts and um, wartime, and I feel like we're, you know, we're now we're picking a fight with um, Africa over a pipeline that doesn't even affect us. And that's it wouldn't be the first time either, right? I mean, uh, it, it could be a setup, right? It could be, you know, somebody's trying to goad somebody into something, which is my gut instinct on this one. Um, but it also could be, you know, sort of playing the, the long game of chess, right? Oh, we're going to make these moves until we get our way with something else that, like, hasn't been uncovered yet. Uh, the politicians have uh, all sorts of secret meetings with each other to determine what their next moves are. And, uh, you know, we're far from privy from all of that. Uh, with the pipeline involvement, that just seems false to me because, um, like, Oh, we're going to deliver more available energy to a highly populated area? Uh, That seems like it should be a thing, uh, especially with the rising prices of things like electricity. Uh, You know, the world needs more of that delivered, more efficient and faster uh, in order for those prices to come down because of inflation that's happening globally. Right. Well, I mean, they're not going to benefit from it. Nobody in Africa is going to benefit from it. So, I mean, I think they're getting getting hip to the... Hip to the jig on them. 
if you will. But. Well, I mean, I mean, I think the the they're probably putting pressure on this whatever the African country is to get this thing through. They don't want to go through. Well, then, if you don't want it to go through, we got the military sitting on your border. And if we want to clear this Enough. up, we'll put the pipeline through. If uh, you capitulate the CBDCs for your country, and then we'll put you on world ID. And then they'll get the people to go along with it. They'll do some type of uh, regime change in there and, you know, yeah, we're or, off to the races. Or they'll just hold it hostage until, you know, the Europeans are like, okay, we'll pay your price. Right. Right. Well, and then, you know, it's, it's basically like us picking a fight with Russia at this point because most of Africa has signed up for this private security and, um, you know, would I just wonder if that would affect affect us over here as far as the war with Russia goes again. You know, we're already pushing that. I mean, we could put solar panels on our house, but the AI supercomputer is probably going to say, block the sun. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, folks. Yeah, I'm going to take you back to the first part of the hour, um, last hour. I want to talk about the chemtrails, but I got to preface it with a couple things in order for it to make sense. Okay, you know how uh, north and south of the equator, the toilet bowl spins in opposite directions? So I've been told. Earth. Huh? So I've been told. Okay, well, I, I, I actually talked to a guy that was down there, and he said he'd seen a cat that had two toilets set up like 15 feet apart with the equator going right down the middle, <laughs> and they indeed did spin the opposite direction. Wow. What would happen on the equator? So anyway, um, Ian <laughs> spits back up in your face. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Major. But uh, there we go. How about that? But, uh... but uh... <laughs> <laughs> so um, ty- Ian fielded a call about. Uh, I think they were probably covering one of the typhoons over in Australia or something. I don't remember the particulars of it. But uh, he came up with uh, some definition of a typhoon that. I had never heard of before. A typhoon spins counterclockwise. A hurricane spins clockwise. And the seas north of the equator spin when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing clockwise. And the seas south of the equator spin counterclockwise. You're talking about the the currents of the oceans and the seas, right? Yeah. yeah. And the clouds, henceforth, follow the currents of the ocean and spin clockwise and counterclockwise. For tropical storms. Well, I actually, a buddy of mine pulled this up on the internet, and I couldn't believe it. He showed me one of those uh, maps from the satellites and whatnot of the cloud patterns out over the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And they have been doing chemtrail experiments out there with such ferocity that they have managed to change the cloud pattern to spin counterclockwise north of the equator on the Pacific. Wow. Which potentially bring typhoons to the west coast and they're about having a fit about one little hurricane that developed from natural circumstances coming at the baja right now Mm -hmm. that's the that's the real climate change right there is is governments (laughs) and and yeah like messing around with mother nature they're actually causing horrific potential things potentially horrific things thank you Mm -hmm. Uh, by monkeying around in places that they don't need to be. There's no need for mankind to control the weather. The weather's going to be the weather. It's going to rain where it's going to rain. It's going to be dry where it's going to be dry. Let Mother Nature handle all of that because it's been doing a great job thus far. Except in New Hampshire. <laughs> it's been raining too much. I, you know, I mean, nature happens. You don't fight Mother right. Nature. But all of this stuff is, is military applications like Operation Popeye. In, in, well, yeah, in, they're the only they're the only ones that can get funding. Right. It, 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 you got to work for the evil people to get funding, which mm. brings in more mad scientists, which screws us all. Right. Which I, I mean, too much rain can destroy crops. Not mm. enough rain can destroy crops. So yeah. they can basically control weather, controlling food. Yeah, but all Don't that you stuff. Remember all the independent almond farmers, I think it was out in California. There was like a ten-year drought. Everybody's orchard died, and that was all because California wanted to get any, get rid of anybody with a hardwood backbone. Like, like I could understand if something had happened where, like, food production has taken a hit across the globe by fifty percent. Like, they might be researching that, and like, but like, nothing like that has happened yet. It's. <laughs> 
Well, it's happened. It just hasn't happened as a result of nature. It's happened right. as a result of burning down a whole bunch of <laughs> food production. Right, plants. but it's also happened as government subsidizes farmers to not grow stuff. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, they're artificially restricting yes. what farmers can and will grow by paying them not to grow stuff. Correct. Also, well, we've, of- we've known for quite some time that there is more than enough food on planet Earth to feed all of the people on planet Earth a couple of times over. So we don't have a problem growing enough food or even making enough food for people to eat. What we have is a distribution problem. Indoctrination is real. Uh, look up John Taylor Gatto. Uh, you know, read his books. He won Teacher of the Year multiple times. Uh, he won awards for going into school systems that were completely failing uh, and turning classes around, uh, getting kids to learn in environments where it was impossible for them to do so previously. And he came out uh, and wrote a book, several books, actually, uh, that basically are just damning the public school system. He's like, the system is not designed to educate your children. It is based on the Prussian factory worker training system where literally all that was designed. This is where, like, the rows come from in the classroom environment. It's from the Prussian factory training program. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was designed to make obedient workers. It was designed to train people fast enough to operate the machinery to manufacture things like ammunition and bombs. And so they needed a way to train people quickly with the least amount of resistance, and they developed this Prussian system for training people. That made its way into the schooling systems over in in Europe. And then some uh, people from the U.S. flew over there to see this, and they're like, we got to have this over here. Think about the, the... what we can accomplish by brainwashing our people with this method. Uh, we'll take over schooling completely, right? The government did because yeah, they used to they have did. no hand in schooling whatsoever. Right. Uh, and then this Prussian model sort of took over everything around the world. And now we have what we have because of it. Obedient workers who rarely question the narrative that they are taught. Right. That's most people today. Yes. How do you know so much? Because obedient people just watch whatever on TV. Right. I don't know. Well, you've been trained to sit in a row and listen to the person presenting in front of you and believe what they have to say and just take that and, and run with it. Right. And that's what people repeat throughout their lives. These people who watch CNN all the time, these people who watch Fox News all the time, and they're glued to it. It's in the background. They're letting it sort of feed their brain instead of seeking it out individually and explicitly on purpose. Uh, if if you're letting TV feed you like that, you need to stop it right now. You'll be a better person for it in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I speak from experience on that. You you just made me think of something too. So it um, the having having someone of authority, right? Mm-hmm. That that juxtaposition of you and the uh, authority figure yes. uh, that starts in the classroom and then continues through work, life, jobs, you know, corporate. Uh, and uh, for like for decades, I mean, for most of my life uh, until recently, I, I sort of always assumed that I was like the least educated person in the room or just the least knowledgeable person. It didn't no matter what room that was. I could be at like a keg party and I would be like, I know the least. Everybody in here knows more than me. Everybody's so much and that's a product of that, of being constantly and and probably maybe it's a little bit amplified because I'm like a little blonde girl. Right. But um, and there's a whole thing around that, too. <laughs> but. But it's I, I, anyway, that no, just, you're, you set that off in my head. I'm like, that's really interesting. Yeah, you're spot on. That's where that comes from. They've given you the model. Yeah. And that's why yeah. uh, if you look at uh, uh, I'm trying to remember uh, the Milgram experiments. Right? If you're not familiar with this, it's something very interesting uh, to to look into. Basically, what they did is they took uh, some people and said, hey, uh, we're going to pay you some money to be in this study. Uh, and we want you to come in. Uh, and uh, somebody's going to come in and give you some instructions, and uh, you know when it's done, you know we'll pay you the money. And they're like, okay. So uh, these people would come in. Uh, a guy in a lab coat would come in with like a clipboard or whatever. Oh right. And they would have somebody on the other side of the wall that they couldn't see, but in in the other room. And then they'd have a machine that they would put this. Uh, oh, is this Stanford? Ex- like the uh, it's similar the zapping it is yeah, yeah oh, the, the milgram zapping. experiments yeah. where like where like they would okay i need you to press these two levers it's going to shock mm-hmm. the person on the other side of the wall and they would press the levers and the person would go, ah or whatever right and they you know and then they'd say well okay now press the next one 
Like, well, do I have to? The experiment requires us to continue, they would say. Mm-hmm. And so because of that paradigm, that authority paradigm. The guy with the clipboard. Yeah. Even people who, you know, would swear up and down that they would never hurt another right. person conformed to the the, the apparent authority. Right. Not even the stated authority. He was right? an actor. Hey, Daily Digest listeners. This is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. So let's go to Chris calling from Kentucky. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to your call screener and telling him when you were talking about, you know, uh, workers and working in the field. There was a guy, I'm originally from New Harmony, Indiana area. Okay. And there was a guy, there were two communal societies, uh, Harmony Society first, and the second was a Robert Owen from New Lanark, Scotland. He had this thing with a silent monitor, and it would have black if you're doing bad, uh, white if you're doing great, yellow and blue, and they would turn that in the in the workplace in the uh, in the linen, uh, the woolen mills they had in New Lanark, and he brought that over to the states. Well, the society failed, but his one son, David Dale Owen, did the first six state geological survey. Mm-hmm. And his other son was a United States senator from Indiana, Robert Dale Owen. If you've seen the the castle, the main building of the Smithsonian, that was their the two brothers did that. David Dale made told his brother use this type of stone, red sandstone, mm-hmm. and then they did that. But anyhow, they uh, that is what they've done. And I was telling him about you know how South Park's gotten a lot of the future right. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> And the Simpsons. And, uh, yeah, I yeah. know it's funny. But, you know, what could happen? I don't know. We're in this republic, and if it goes like Star Wars, we could see ourselves going from Star, you know, from the Grand Re- to from the Republic to the Grand Empire. And, you know, we might have a, a Sith Lord as our emperor. Well, I contend that we're already there. Yeah, we- the United States is an empire. Uh, sure, we have a rotating dictator every four years or whatever it is, or the opportunity for one. But outside of that, uh, like the United States has bases all over the world, right? So many military bases that, uh, uh, like the ones we know about at least, uh, are far more than any other military power in all of history. If if folks believe that the United States is not an empire, I urge you to look into the number of military bases around the world. Uh, I urge you to look into something called democide, and then I also urge you to look into uh, the death toll uh, from military actions that the United States has taken, not just wars, right? Because we know that uh, at least in the last so oh, 30 years or so uh, no actual war has been declared yet the bombs continue to drop so anyway go ahead oh yeah yeah i mean uh, it's interesting cuz there's a lot of times when i i never served in the military but i'll ask veterans i'll say you know what was it like in afghanistan what was it like in iraq you know what did you see and yeah. it's interesting what you hear it they give you a slant that you don't see that the media brings in or other things, and you might get some of it from social media, you know, from videos that people do, and get a, a sample of it. But it's, it, you know, we're we're all over the place, even you, you know, most of the world, and in countries we don't even know. And how in the world we invade the right country is sometimes beyond me, with Americans not knowing their geography. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, there's things like global positioning satellites, and uh, you, you know, the military is smart enough to uh, take the smarter uh, recruits, if you will, and put them in positions of like logistics and coordination and that kind of thing. And and the the lower IQ people, well, they're the grunts, right? They're the the boots on the ground, if you will, the following the orders, the carrying of the guns, the moving of the uh, munitions and the equipment, and all of that kind of stuff. 
when Uber came out, Uber was one of the most disruptive uh, apps uh, of its time. Or Airbnb. Or Airbnb, too. Yeah, yeah. those types of things. Uh, when the Uber thing came out, like all of a sudden, taxi cab companies needed to rethink oh. their business model, right? But all Uber did was take advantage of people already driving to and from places and allowed folks to ride share, right? That, that's all the app was based on. And then all of a sudden, here come the government going, well, you guys are a business. No, we're an app. <laughs> you <laughs> an download app. a thing onto your phone. What people do with it after they download it onto the phone, totally up to them. Right, but but you're a you're, you you need to lighten. You know they were trying yeah. to shoehorn them into the same laws that they apply to a taxi cab company, which is owned by a person. Right, it's not a it's not an app. Right, like so. Right. There's this whole other method of getting things done that remains unexplored. Right, uh, this disruptive technology of of creating services through apps. Right, that don't conform to conventional business types and government still doesn't know what to do with it and people are afraid of government so it works out for government right right? as long as they keep people afraid of what might happen they're going to continue to stall the advancement of humankind much less technology and bringing us new services that are better and faster i think that's why they they're trying to you know clamp down on crypto because i could pay you without going through a bank and without paying tax and now if you do things through paypal well, you're gonna. I'm gonna get a 10.99 that I'm paying you money, even though it's something that I've already purchased. Yep. So the crypto thing is, uh, they don't like it. Yeah, no, they don't like it because, well, it cuts out the middleman. Right. Right. And government is part of the middleman. Well, and that, isn't that the same case as with Uber? Because don't I, I may be wrong about this, but don't most taxi companies. It's very intertwined with government, right? right. With like the permitting process. Got to get a license. Oh, right, license. right. You got to so, lease your cab from the cab company in yeah. order to perform the task of driving people around. Right. Each individual must have their own cabbie license, and then the company itself must have a set of licenses. And if right. you don't have all of that, you can't do business. And they auction right. off the, the, the taxi cab seals in New York. I, I don't know if they do that mm-hmm. anymore, but we're, we're going to add another hundred taxis. Yeah. So the the taxi cab stamp that's on the hood of the car mm. gets auctioned off to taxi cab companies, yep. and the government makes a ton on it. Yep. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uber it. Dick Bigger loves to have politicians sign his balls. <laughs> can you read that again? I can. Give me a second. <laughs> The headline reads, Dick Bigger loves to have politicians sign his balls. The subheading says, nobody has the balls that Dick Bigger does. I, uh, I want to be AI, his parents. Did AI write this? <laughs> no, I don't think AI has a sense of humor. Uh, I don't think yeah. that, that can be programmed. Uh, yeah. I think it's exclusive to humanity. But anyway, the article continues. <laughs> Pardon me. I have read through this once, so uh, anyway, here we go. Dick Bigger Jr. is a proud patriot. <laughs> Junior. Right, so there's a Dick Bigger Sr., right? The implication here is pretty obvious, right? Dick Bigger Bigger. <laughs> Dick Bigger Jr. is a proud patriot, the kind of man who loves nothing more than participating in local politics by presenting his baseballs to politicians so they can autograph them. Laugh all you want, but <laughs> we are. <laughs> but Dick Bigger has the balls to get this done. <laughs> they show a uh, uh, a tweet, a tweet, an X, whatever, whatever we're calling these things these days. Uh, it says uh, Governor J. B. Pritzker signs baseballs for Dick Bigger Jr. of Bigsville. That's right, Bigsville. Dick Bigger Jr. lives in Bigsville. Wow, not Juniorsville. So, so that's senior or junior? Junior. Junior. Governor, they don't call him Little Dick Bigger? I mean, maybe they do. <laughs> I when know. he was a kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Governor J.B. Pritzker signs baseballs for Dick Bigger Jr. of Bigsville during Governor's Day at the Illinois State Fair in Springfield on Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Bigger has politicians sign baseballs every year he attends the fair and even has a ball signed by former President Obama. Only one? That's just what this tweet says. So, you know. Wait, he gets two signed by each governor or just one? I This remains unclear. Oh, okay. This week, 
Dick Bigger from Bigsville held his balls in his hand at the Illinois State Fair so they could be signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker. Pritzker was happy to grab the baseballs, putting his John Hancock on the balls for Dick Bigger. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Is this the onion? This is SBNation.com. <laughs> It this is, is tremendous, this story. This, this is some of the best writing <laughs> this we've, is, we've ever had here this on this show. This is awesome. Like some, of the, some of the articles we read are so poorly written. This yeah. one, tongue-in-cheek. we got to thank Richie through. Rich for finding this one. This is awesome. This, this is one's not AI. It's, it's, it was really written. <laughs> you can't make this stuff you, up. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you yeah. humans can only write comedy like this. That's right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so signing Bigger's balls is a rite of passage for Illinois politicians, as his balls were once signed by former President Barack Obama. It's unclear of how many of Bigger's balls have been held by politicians, but considering the farmer attends the state fair every year to get his balls signed, it's safe to say he has a lot of balls. <laughs> say that three times fast. Oh my God. That, that, that. <laughs> Okay. I took you literally. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of balls in that article. <laughs> there's a lot of balls. In the wake of the internet falling in love with Dick Bigger, we learned that his mother was named Dixie Bigger. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. Uh, they have another photo of a tweet that says, not only was Dick Bigger's father also named Dick Bigger, his mother's name was Dixie Bigger, and they were all from Biggsville, Illinois. It's unclear if her maiden name was Normus. <laughs> Dixie. No, is that is that editorial? Is that Normous. really in there? Or are you making that up? It's right. It's oh, right here. Come can, on! I, I just read it off the article. Wow. I I had no hand in creating this. I am only reciting it as best I can in my best radio voice. Yes. The captain continues. Sometimes, Bigger's impressive balls can lead to opportunities. It wasn't long ago that Dick Bigger from Biggsville helped make political ads for those he supported, though without his balls, Dick Bigger got a little flustered in front of the camera. Uh, they do have a, a video here that, I, that I'm not going to play for you. Uh, we'll share this article, of course, uh, in our social media, uh, if you follow us on uh, Mastodon or Twitter or anything like that. Uh, but the, uh, the author concludes, I hope Dick Bigger and his balls have a great time at the fair. So there you go. Wow. That's the story of Dick Bigger and politicians signing his balls. A Texas school district threatens to seize 79-year-old man's home for a stadium parking lot. The Houston-area Aldean Independent School District is considering the use of eminent domain to seize a one-acre property owned and occupied by Travis Upchurch. Before we get into this article... Eminent domain is one of the most BS things that exists uh, in legal land. Uh, all it is is like if a city or county or town or whatever state even uh, decides that they want to build something and your property is in the way or they want your property to be a part of it, they can just take it from you. Well, it used to be we have to put a highway in, we have to put something critical infrastructure. Now it's like, well, we want to put a mall here so we can get more tax money. So we'll, we're, we, you're out, or they'll just burn your island down. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> Have you seen the, the, the bits about, like, uh, like Oprah's house was spared? And, like, yeah. and if you look at the, 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 the map from the aerial view, that, like, how is that even possible for these specific homes to have been spared? Oh, let's that? not go down the rabbit hole on Maui. Yeah. <laughs> we can. We got half an what hour. Was it, what was it? Maui blast, Mountain Dew, Maui Maui burst, or something? That was, that was that the a new flavor? flavor. Yeah, the new flavor of Mountain Dew that was released, like just right before this whole thing went down. Really? Get a case of that before they pull that. It's it's as if the Simpsons predicted it. Exactly. Yeah. At any rate, a family in Houston, Texas, is at risk of having their generational home seized to make way for the expansion of the adjacent high school football stadium parking lot. So it's not even like it's not even like an NFL stadium, like you know where they rape the taxpayers right. to pay for the stadium before right. the NFL will come to town. Because those poor uh, NFL owners, right? Yeah, they can't, they, afford, they can't afford to build a, a stadium. Much we'll have less to charge move twelve dollars for a beer to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, in April, the Aldine Independent School District voted to authorize the use of eminent domain 
to seize the home and surrounding acre of land currently owned and occupied by 79-year-old Travis Upchurch, as reported by the Houston Chronicle. The land has been in Upchurch's family since 1916, when his relatives first immigrated to the area from Sweden. At the time they settled there, the area was predominantly agricultural, dominated by dairy farms and pecan trees. Pecan trees? Pecan? 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 pecan. Call in now. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> data or data? Uh, data. See, I'm... Data? I, I, data. I, I say data unless I'm referring to the character from Star Trek, The Next Generation. Uh, data. Aunt or aunt? Mm, auntie. Ooh. Yeah. Like up your auntie? <laughs> Whoa, hey now. Uh, in poker, sure. Uh, <laughs> poker? Yeah, up the ante. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, if you want to increase the, yeah. the amount contributed to the pot. Right, you up the ante. You up the ante. Right. Uh, but uh, but ante, you're talking about your like, auntie. When it's, when it's my aunt, or, you know, the aunt. married to my uncle, it was always auntie. Oh, okay. Like A-U-N-T-I-E, but not A-N-T-I. Right. So you don't really want to say up your ante. Don't talk about my auntie that way. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what Dick Bigger calls his auntie. <laughs> Dixie. <laughs> At any rate, we're getting off topic as we like to do. Antsy Dick. Antsy. Wow. Uh, beginning in the 1970s, Aldine ISD. I don't know what that is. Started purchasing up land in the area around the Upchurch property as part of the construction of its current football stadium. Today, it's surrounded on three sides by stadium parking. The vacant lot abutting the fourth side of the property is also owned by the district. So they bought out all the property around this person's uh, acreage, one acre. And the military is surrounding it. Come out with your hand jobs. Well, it's, it's the county, I believe. Yeah, well, the, it looks yeah. like uh, Aldean, City this of Aldean. So this is a high school, and they already have parking on three of four <clears throat> sides, right? Yep. Okay. yep. They need more parking. Uh, Electric cars only. Yeah. Uh, quote, my dad has pretty much been in a high school football team stadium parking lot since then. Travis Upchurch's daughter, Tara Upchurch, said. Tara says that she had expected Aldean ISD, uh, that that must be something school district, Aldean ISD school mm. district, would want to buy the land once her father passed away. Her family's expectations was that until then, he'd be able to stay in their longtime family home. Again, multi-generation home. Right. Kind of like Maui. <laughs> Except this is in Texas. Yeah. That expectation was upended in June when Travis Upchurch received a letter in the mail informing him that the school district was intent on purchasing his land as part of a $50 million rebuild of the existing stadium. Do high schools have $50 million? The district claimed, <laughs> the district claimed that they already tried to make a, uh, an offer, a voluntary interaction, uh, with the homeowner, uh, and they were declined. The homeowners and the homeowner's family say, we never received anything. That's a lie. Uh, so then finally they got together, uh, and they were like, hey, you know, and the family was like, no, that's too low. And they so they contacted an attorney, and the attorney said, basically, uh, all you can do at this point, because they're exercising eminent domain, is haggle over the price. Right. Take Take the involuntary offer. On Wednesday, the school district sent a final offer letter to Travis Upchurch, who has 14 days to respond. These are delicate conversations that balance community needs and individual needs, Aldine School District said in a statement to Reason. We have continued to negotiate with the Upchurch family. No eminent domain proceedings have been filed at this time. In January, the school district broke ground on the stadium project. It's scheduled to open in August 2024. So here's my question. Why... If, like, you know, there's people living in an area, why would you even consider that a potential site? Right. right? Because they know that why? they can buy him out or burn him out. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And if they're saying that they're, they can negotiate over price, but they have no leg up. They, they know there's they no not going to be, yeah, there's no negotiation if you've already determined that you're going to exercise eminent domain. Right. Or that you can. Or that you can. Right, right. Right. Even though they, they haven't done right. it yet, they can. Mm -hmm. They know they can. Uh, and so the rest is about, you know, the, the haggling, right? That, that's the right. only power that these people but have. But then there'll be no haggling. It'll be like, this is our offer. That's it. 
or we're, gonna, we're going to just bulldoze you. Yeah, r- r- right. So right. that sets the stage for Killdozer Two for this guy. I think. I, I mean, I would. It, yeah. Uh, so I mean, it it illustrates <laughs> just exactly that that they know that they can sick the violence of the state onto this individual to take his land. They know that. They know they're going to win. Yeah. And so they have no incentive to negotiate in good faith. Right. Tara Upchurch says the stress of the potential seizure of his land has caused her father's health to deteriorate. She also argues that there's no reason for the district to seize the land when other vacant properties already owned by the district near the stadium could just as easily be converted to parking. That's interesting. Hmm. In the meantime, she says she'll continue trying to rally the publics to support and convince the district not to go through with the seizure. It feels like an unjust use of eminent domain, she says. So to be continued, we'll, uh, we'll try to keep an eye on this story and see what things develop. Um, there is no, we don't have the price, right? No, we don't. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, sure it's below market. Oh, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, especially because, right. like, they have no leverage. Right. The assessor came out and said it's worth one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be. Yeah. They'll offer market whatever value. whatever the tax assessor last said it was worth. Right. Instead of what the actual market value is, right. for sure. And what the city will get, or the school district will get for parking for those cars. Yeah. Be great. Much much greater. Unscreened caller, you're live on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Hello, hello. I'm Paul. Hey, Paul. Where are you calling from? Richmond, I spoke to you last night. Oh, hey. Um, hey, <laughs> I wasn't going to call, but when you were talking about um, the pronunciation of different things, yeah, I thought that was hilarious because I used to, it used to infuriate me when my mother used to say mature. Why can't you just say mature like everybody else <laughs> on the planet? I don't think that's um, very mature but, of you. Yeah, I don't either. But I also thought it was very funny because you guys were saying it's either one way or the other. But, but um, uh, I'm from Texas, but I live in Richmond because, um, don't hate me, but I was in the military. And then you guys are in New England. I used to live in Nashua. So um, the word root or route. Um, so I thought or that. Root. I right. thought, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Don't, I hate when people say rough over root. But anyway, <laughs> that is not a word, but root and route are two different things. And so I said, well, maybe one is like um, on the directions of a highway and one is the directions of like, a, you know, a suburban area. Am I making any sense? Because I, I hear people say it both ways. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious when you guys were talking about that. Yeah, no, I, you bring up some excellent points. Uh, roof and roof, right? Oh, right. Like the song isn't the roof, the roof. It's the roof, the roof. The roof is on fire, right? But... <laughs> You know, I've like I've Tee said roof, roof yeah, I've said roof and basically roof. most of my life. Um, there's well, a- people when I was a kid, they would say I have an idea, or I, want, I like to watch wrestling. Like wrestling, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you said you used to live in Nashville, right, Paul? Nashua, yeah. I used to live um, right off Route Three. See, Route Three. Route three? Uh, so I used to live. Yeah, <laughs> I used three. to live um, Exit One, which was Danny Webster Highway. And then I lived off Exit 4, which was Robinson Road. I went to the Sunset Heights and Elm Street Junior High. Anyway. Hey, yeah. pa- hey Paul, uh, I, I, have uh, a, I have a question for you. What is the name name of the city that's the capital of New Hampshire? Concord. <laughs> is it Concord? Con- it's Concord. Concord. Yeah. It's it's not Concord. Oh, well, yeah, that's the airplane. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm I'm yeah. not I'm not from New Hampshire, and so you know I grew up in Wisconsin. I spent 22 years in the West Coast, right? So I get here and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, what is Concord like? And immediately something it's it's Concord, Concord. And I'm like, yeah, oh, it's not they say Norfolk and and Virginia, yeah, oh. Norfolk, Norfolk, right? Yeah, get your finger on the dump button just in case. <laughs> Norfolk and North, <laughs> yeah, not Norfolk. <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. But anyway, last night I want to thank you for the phone call because you gave me some, you gave me those libertarian books to read. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm going to pick those up on on the old Amazon. And uh, I thought it was great. Awesome. Well, after you've read, you know, one or more of them, give us a call. Let us know what you think of them, all right? 
Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. All Sarah, right. you are on Free Talk Live. Woot, 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 woot. I just want to mention that I guess I guess we got a little ways to go for the self-driving cars because uh, it slammed into a, um, a fire truck. Yeah, a self-driving car slammed into a fire truck, and another one got stuck in cement. Really? Is that what happened? So I mean, it's got a, a while to go, even though they, you know, they, they did start it out, but. I'm sure they'll get it perfected pretty soon. Yeah, I don't think it's so. Just that I think the fire truck, they have, when they get a, a call for a fire, they got to go really fast, and it throws off the self-driving car because it's not, I don't, you know, it's not programmed to react like that that fast. So, it's almost as if about, it's almost as if having a human piloting these vehicles is the only way for it to really be safe. What, what, what's the point of having a self-driving car if they have a car person in it? You know, I mean, I exactly, exactly. So I don't know, but I I just think that they're gonna eventually they're gonna perfect it, and I think they're gonna get it pretty pretty safe. And Sarah, they can't even perfect like the Windows operating system, <laughs> right? <laughs> the the problem with technology, of course, is that it has all this potential, but it's built by. Humans. It's always the lowest bid. And guess what (laughs) humans are famous for? Imperfections. Making mistakes. We all make mistakes every day. I've made several of them here on the air tonight. Some mispronunciations, some (laughs) stuttering, some off-putting jokes. You know, all these things have occurred here tonight. Uh, But the show goes on anyway in all of its imperfect glory. Uh, Human beings, anything human beings create is fallible because human beings are fallible. And what I think is perfect and what you think is perfect are two different things. That's perfectly said. Well, we'll (laughs) let AI decide that. Sarah? Well, but you know what? We've got to have some kind of progress because we can't let New Mexico drivers drive themselves. I mean, they drink and drive. I mean, they got to do something. We can't let these people drive themselves around. They'll do human things. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 just awful, you know. So, Humans are so um, awful. Yeah. I, you know, well, I mean, it probably as far as the mistakes, but it's a it's a progress, you know. I mean, it's it's in the working. But aren't they supposed to like the whole problem is they're supposed to have a um um computer in the a fire truck that's also communicating I, with the car. I have a question you know I mean? for you, Sarah. Um, you have never had a driver's license, is that right? No, I had a driver's license. I used to drive uh, when I was younger. For and, for uh, how long? Like... Uh huh. For about maybe like about three years. Okay. And, and then the, and the road rage. The drivers behind me were just so mean. I couldn't drive anymore. I gave up my driver's license because they're honking and screaming from the back. They wanted me to turn a left, and the cars are going. I mean, and I see these cars just darting out, turning a left when the I mean the cars about to hit them. I mean. What is there? And then they were always uh, honking and wanting me to hurry up. I, I just got into so much like panic. I I stopped driving. That's one of the basic reasons. It sounds to so me spooky. like 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 you never really got the hang of it. No, I I don't like um, being, you know, people screaming and yelling at me because I don't go fast enough. Or they want me to turn up right really fast when somebody over. Okay. So they can right. turn a ride or something. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't like all of that. A lot sure. of people are in the same boat with me. They hate road rage, and I gave up. They gave up their drivers. I've met people like that. I'm sure you're not the only one, but um, it seems to me that you made the right decision, right? If if you cannot figure out how to cooperate with other drivers in a way that is peaceful and cooperative then uh, you've made the right decision. My question, of course, is um, <laughs> since you never got the hang of it, and uh, why why should people conform to your thoughts and your preferences when it comes to driving? Uh, because uh, they're trying to kill me every day when I cross the street. You know, they're just awful. I mean, they're the one with them. Um, 
they're not they're not riding a tricycle or a bicycle. You know, they're driving a a ton of vehicle. Sure. I mean, it's very lethal. Every you know, day, people do it. Think, you know, they they brush their hair and they put their eye makeup on the freeway. They do all sorts of stuff. They're in a car. That's a that's a very dangerous vehicle. I mean, the okay again you know, it's got as a lot of responsibilities. As somebody who never quite got the hang of driving, why should anyone conform to your preference when it comes to driving? Well, I mean, isn't there consequences uh, for driving? You know, uh, being a negligent driver. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.